Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Join me as I seek out the small incremental changes being applied in other industries that we can learn from and that can be applied in healthcare. Can these changes bring immediate value, but also add up to the big improvements and revolution we need in healthcare? Come along with me to explore the possibilities. My innovative guests from around the globe have used small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. And today, as I am each and every month, I'm joined by Dr. Craig Joseph. He's the Chief Medical Officer at Nordic Consulting Partners. Craig, thanks for joining me. Well, thank you again for having me. As we do each and every month, we take a look at the latest and greatest in terms of news and uh, cover off some uh, interesting insights. I think uh, at this point, it feels like ChatGPT has taken over from COVID as the um, uh, trending topic that will persist. At least I hope so, because it's fun to talk about, certainly fun to use. Um, and for me, I think the most uh, resounding piece of uh, data that I saw about this uh, aside from seeing a couple of friends who go, wow, I tried it, and it actually, you know, it's cool, was the fact that NVIDIA announced its uh, latest uh, financial uh, results and almost blew out of the water, uh, I think, the highest record for biggest, I don't know which one it was, it really didn't matter, but they're almost on the verge of joining the Trillion Dollar Club, and all of that on the back of AI um, computing power that's necessary to do all of this. So for me, just additional data that says, if you aren't using it, what are you doing? Why? What is, what is, what is wrong with you? Yeah, so I don't know. What is this chat GPT thing you're talking about? I'm not familiar <laughs> with this. Um, no, I am familiar with it. Uh, and NVIDIA, you know, I, I was reading up about this company. They started um, not too long ago, 20 years, so, what, less than something? Yeah, right. Something uh, not crazy long ago, um, uh, making chips for graphics. Right. They were making GPUs, graphical processing units. And uh, their intent was, hey, we should make video games better and we can make these, um, you know, these little GPUs that are really not meant for lot, doing lots of things besides graphics. And, uh, and then they started making some money with Bitcoin because it turned out that the same calculations that you needed for cool graphics and for gaming, you also needed to uh, mine Bitcoin. And so they started making some, uh, you know, doing even, even uh, better with that. And then as a, a Bitcoin uh, kind of started to fall apart a little bit, the value of their stock went down. And um, uh, hindsight 2020, that was the time to buy, uh, but no one, uh, not a lot of people did. And so Oh, you're not talking buy Bitcoin. I see. I'm buying in no. NVIDIA. No. Sorry, buying <laughs> NVIDIA stock. Because I think we need to clarify this because somebody might come after you for telling them to yeah, buy no, Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin uh, or do so at your own risk. I know nothing about uh, Bitcoin. I know nothing about any of that uh, of you know, crypto stuff. So yeah, if you're doing that on my advice, that's uh, that's on you. Well, I think you know doing anything on your advice just. But I, I, I'm sorry, Doctor Nick. I think that's accurate. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you on this. But if we do have a listener who has a time machine, I would suggest they go back a few months and buy some Nvidia stock. Uh, because I think it's up 160%. Yeah. Uh, and, and and based on, you know, why? Because these large language models of which ChatGPT is the one we're all familiar with, um, to create these AI tools, you need those kinds of, of uh, 
of GPUs. Uh, again, it seems silly to talk about graphics because they're just doing calculations. Um, but yeah, so I, I, we finally have a use case besides graphics for these for these um, little units, and and uh, boy, do we! So you can't can't get them created fast enough. So. Yeah, I think uh, uh, large language models and these new AIs like ChatGPT, um, they deserve the the praise that they're getting, right? They're not really on the hype. It 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 is much more than what some folks say, which is uh, we're just uh, it, it's a flash in the pan. It's you know hype cycle. I'm I'm there's no way that that's the case at this point. Um, there are so many interesting aspects to it. I think the GPU commentary, and and you're right. I remember them launching, and you know there was all the move. I think it was Doom was the game that really sort of broke the mold of capacity to be interactive, and it was offloading the processing power. And then people started to realize that there was all this spare processing power available because you plugged in this card, and that was where there was this sort of inflection point. And I don't think they even predicted it now we've got this additional use case so i i'm excited by that but um in terms of use cases and you know specifically healthcare uh i i believe you actually talked about this you presented on chat gpt in healthcare just recently right i i did domestically and i think you did internationally <laughs> um, uh, however I, i'll tell you something that i did i did uh, uh last night uh, for fun with uh, ChatGPT, the 4.0, the, the newer one that I think costs about $20 a month. Um, I wanted to do a little a little science experiment. And so uh, I will now disclose that I have had an MRI because <laughs> I had a lot of back pain and sciatica and wanted to really know what was going on in, in my spinal uh, canal. And so uh, this was several years ago, I had an MRI. And uh, I got the results before my doctor did, or at least before my doctor uh, called me and told me what it said. And as uh, I think we're clear, I am a, a licensed board certified physician. And I get this MRI of my own back and I had no idea what it said. It was very complicated and it had a lot of words and I'm familiar with most of those words, but the way they were put together. You're such an honest guy. I would never admit to that, this, but go on. Was this a good thing? <laughs> was this a bad thing? Am I supposed to be happy with this MRI? Clearly, I still have back pain. The MRI is not going to solve that, but um, you know, what was going on? And so what I did was, this was uh, pre-chat GPT several years ago, I called up my friend who's a radiologist who happened to be the best man in my wedding and I read him the interpretation from the MRI and I had him, uh, I paid him exactly $0 to tell me, what does this really mean? And, um, and he walked me through it and, and then I, I was able to, to understand that. Now, most of us don't have friends who are radiologists who we can read MRIs to. So I thought this will be fun. Let me take the text of this MRI interpretation. I left my name off of it, but everything else was there. And I pasted it in to chat GPT and with the instructions of, Hey, this is a MRI interpretation. Um, please write a summary of the findings and uh, suggested diagnostic, I'm sorry, suggested therapeutic options for the patient. And uh, write this as if you're writing to a primary care physician. So in other words, you know, you could use some big words. It's a doctor talking to another doctor, essentially. And, and within 10 seconds, I had this exceedingly accurate, almost um, word for word for what my friend, the radiologist, interpreted to me and uh, kind of laid out all the, all the possibilities and, um, you know, gave me a nice summary. 
And then I said, okay, that's great. Uh, hey, chat GPT, take what you just did, now write it uh, for the patient. The exact same thing, but now write it for the patient. Amazing. Just, again, within seconds, it just spits out something and it um, put it in patient-friendly terms. Um, and, and to, you know, we talk about things that are hype and, you know, not ready for prime time and five years in the future. This is today. And now, can we all just turn this on? No, there are legal and other kinds of uh, ethical uh, considerations we have to make. But the point is, like, it's really, it, it really is ready. And um, we can't just turn it on and, and go forward because it's, gonna, it's wrong from time to time. And we need to put some guardrails on there. Uh, but boy, oh boy, it's, it's, uh, it's, as they call it, an iPhone moment. Or for me, it's kind of like when I discovered that there was such a thing as Google. And it could really um, very quickly uh, tell you know point me in the right direction when it comes to uh, you know websites. Um, it's it's. Uh, you mean you don't you don't still have that bookmark uh, collection that you used to uh, organize and put into folders to keep records of all these places that were useful? I will now age myself, and I will tell you that I remember holding, and I wish I would have bought, but I remember holding in my hands at a bookstore, which is again another way of me aging myself. Um, uh, a B. Dalton's or something like that, uh, some bookstore. It was called The Yellow Pages of the Internet. And it essentially was a book uh, with maybe 100 pages. And each page had five. It was an index of the web? It was, yeah. Oh, if you're... oh my God, I didn't know that existed. This is priceless. I wish I would have bought it. I didn't buy it. Um, uh... And if I would have bought it, I probably would have thrown it away or recycled it. Um, but yeah, so I'm old enough to remember that. Oh, absolutely. I I, I, yeah. I had, uh, for the longest time, I think I still have them hanging around somewhere. I just don't even pay attention to them. It was this bookmark collection and exporting and re-importing and then organizing and archiving. Dear Lord, of course, completely irrelevant. You know, back to the chat GPT, and I think, you know, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, one of its sort of, clever capabilities is to put things in terminology for different let's call it grade levels but you know understanding um i i'm i'm really hesitant i've seen a number of people comment on this and i think i feel the same i i don't want to anthropomorphize the the tool because it ain't human it it at its basic and i know we've talked about this it's just saying i i this is word a Word B, the following word, is most likely to be this. I mean, that, and I know that's super simplification, but ultimately that's what it's doing. And even the folks that really understand it, at least my experience with them, are saying, I'm not quite sure how it's doing this. It's, it's a little bit magic in terms of the capability and the way that it's sort of creating this content. And, you know, that's giving everybody their sort of pause for thought. Um, you know, is this a Skynet moment and whatever? And I'm I, I'm really not in that uh, uh, area. Don't sort of think that. I think, you know, as you rightly say, we have to watch carefully and implement. But as I said, and, you know, you're right, I, I, I got to go to Barcelona to talk about this. It was fun. Um, or as we were talking, Barcelona, as um, that would be 
in Faulty Towers. For those of you that know the uh, classic John Cleese uh, series, um, and Manuel, the long-suffering uh, waiter that uh, worked in there, that's where he was from. But um, it, it I, I made this point, and I make it repeatedly to anybody that you know is willing to listen to me. And to be clear, that's you and maybe a couple of people in my family, but it's not my whole family. <laughs> um, it, just get in. Get involved. Just use this stuff, even if you have no idea what you're doing, because you'll learn. You can actually use the tool to learn, no different to the way that we use Google for, um, you know, understanding how to do X or Y. I mean, I, I realized I'd been phased out as a parent to teach my son uh, how to shave when he said, no, that's all right, Dad, I'll just YouTube it. And, you know, this is and now it's I'll just chat GPT it. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you do it in the context of at least some overarching understanding. I think you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice to say that you don't understand these words. I mean, you were able to review that content and say, yeah, that clinically made sense and it references back. Um, and I, I just, I mean, I think there's so many opportunities with this that uh, if you're not playing, you truly are missing out on you know, the potential of what it could or is capable of doing. Um, it, it, for those of you just joining, I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Craig Joseph. We were just, uh, as usual, talking about ChatGPT. I think we're both uh, super fans, super geeks around this. Uh, we just both presented uh, talking about this and the opportunity um, and, you know, covered off the NVIDIA um, uh, boost that I think just reaffirms that this is not just a flash in the pan. Um, let's talk about some other news. I think, you know, most recently, or one of the more recent things was the um, uh, public health announcement from Dr. Vivek Murthy. And I certainly posted about this. I'm, I, I'm in such violent agreement. Um, the damage that this is doing. And, you know, my point was, it's not just children, although that's where he was sort of focused, but I think across the world. And I heard something interesting. I was talking to somebody about one of the new tools, TikTok in this case, and um, they have taken away the gaps that you see if you look at Instagram and you scroll through, they've removed the gaps to make it even harder and more addictive. I hadn't even understood that as a sort of uh, element. Um, did you read it? What did you think? Where are you? Well, and again, let's take it back uh, to what he was saying. So basically, he was saying that uh, social media is not just uh, potentially bad for a lot of kids. Um, it is bad. So we have, we have um, ample evidence now that uh, social media in general, I, I wouldn't uh, point you to one, uh, one being worse than the other, although that's, that's probably the case. Um, is is uh, harmful uh, when in, in many ways I'm trying this is me trying to be diplomatic um, to right, whoa, 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 whoa. When, when are you ever diplomatic what's what's with I'm that never diplomatic I'm trying to be oh okay all right <laughs> I've never been successful at being diplomatic oh there you go um, I am not one to say that social media has no benefits I'm on uh, multiple social media uh, every day. Uh, I generally use it professionally. Um, I learn things, and I uh, put other. I put my learnings out uh, onto social media. So I think social media absolutely has a place. However, um, 
there, there are, there's lots of now academic research, so this is not so much opinion, this is fact, um, saying that, uh, hey, uh, children and teenagers uh, have trouble um, emotionally uh, with a lot of what they see, and that the algorithms seem to, either purposefully or not purposefully, um, often direct in a negative way. And so, um, you know, it used to be when Facebook first came out, like you saw what your friends posted. And if you didn't label those people as your friends, you didn't see what they were posting. And uh, then uh, to get more engagement, uh, algorithm, the Facebooks of the world started saying, oh, well, if you're interested in what your friend posted about this, you might be interested in these other things. And and the same way, you know, you watch this video on YouTube, well, you might be interested in this video. And, and so it's defaulting to continuing. So you just have to sit there and it, you don't even have to click on anything. It just keeps coming up with the next thing and the next thing and, and the next thing and it, and it never stops. And so, you know, I think some of the more disturbing research was uh, done by some uh, academicians who created some false accounts as if they were teenagers and, um, you know, put in some, some uh, search uh, terms that were fairly innocent and um, within a small amount of time minutes some of these algorithms were were pushing um, uh, self-harm um, videos and and other um, you know testimonials which a shouldn't be on there but b if they are on there how, how are they being promoted um, and so it's a lot more than what it used to be which was uh, on Instagram, everyone's like, oh, you're putting your best foot forward. And now I think I'm supposed to think, oh, my friend only does very nice things. She only goes very nice places. She only has very nice things. Uh, you know, she has, she eats at the best places and travels all over. Well, no, in reality, her life is just like yours mostly, but she's putting the highlights there. Um, that's the, that's that. And then you're jealous, right? And then you have fear of missing out and that kind of stuff. Boy, that's kind of kid's play compared to... Um, maybe you should hurt yourself, like suggestions of self that you should, you should, uh, self-harm, um, suggestions that you should binge eat. Um, and so I think the surgeon general has come out and said, I don't think this is what he did and said that these things are dangerous and we need to think about them and regulate them, uh, as we would any other public health, um, problem from smoking to infectious diseases to cancer. Like these are in the same, these are in the same category and we need to think about them the same way. We don't let companies make, uh, you know, put out chemicals that we know cause cancer um, uh, unless we think that we can mitigate that risk or at least make people aware of those. Risks. Or if we think we can get away with it to be clear, but. Um... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll leave that out. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say A plus to Dr. Vivek Murphy for, you know, calling this out. I'm going to give you a B plus for your, um, uh, you know, um, uh, appropriately navigating this uh, cautious uh, uh, description. I, in fact, B plus so good you could make a really great radiologist. I cannot rule out with any certainty uh, whether there is a possibility or not of uh a potential or otherwise. <laughs> no, you're, you're, Very joking. you're joking, but let me go back to my ChatGPT example just for a second. <laughs> you, were, you were belittling me for saying that I didn't understand. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to give you an example. It, there, was a, there was a note in my MRI about a desiccated disc. Yes. I had. Now, I know that desiccated means dried out, right? Doesn't, but I don't know what that means. Like, I know what it means. It's a, a slightly dried out disc. ChatGPT told me, as did my friend the radiologist, that, you know what, that's kind of normal for an old guy like yourself. So that's not really worrisome, but in and of itself, that shouldn't be causing you any problems. No one would do anything about that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. ChatGPT and my friendly radiologist came to those conclusions. And so, yeah. And I, I, will, I am ecstatic with a B-plus compared to uh, Vivek Murphy. Well, it's shocking to hear you as a, uh, you know, not being uh, inflammatory, but um, it was it was fun. Um, so uh, a couple of other things that uh, we should talk about. I think uh, the uh, JAMA article that uh, essentially uh, said that uh, the intersection of EHRs and healthcare team communications functions and well-being. It was uh, some long-winded uh, occupational health, but you know the the upshot was. Uh, that it's promoting fewer person-to-person -person interactions among clinic, uh, clinicians, and we ought to reverse this trend. I think we all knew that, right? <laughs> I don't know if we all knew it, actually. Um, uh, I'm going to say all clinicians knew this. Uh, uh, was that what you, where you were going? <laughs> I, I actually was not. I, I, I think that there are people like you and me, and maybe some older folks, who think that. I think that there's a, a lot of younger uh, physicians huh who that this is just how it's always been. And um, uh, these are the same people who who don't want to, um, you know, call on the, the, their generation. They're uncomfortable with the phone. Um, their generation, they've always uh, just sent a quick text, sent a message to someone to get information back. And um, the point, which I agree with this, and, and like you, I'm like, duh. Uh, but we need research uh, and academicians to, um, to give us evidence of what often we think we know for true for for certain, um, yeah, it, it you know in, in the olden days, if I was confused about a patient, I would call up a specialist and say, hey, uh, this is what I've done, this is what I'm a little worried about, um, maybe this is maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing, or maybe this is a big deal. Uh, can you come by take a look at the patient? And um, that would always happen over the phone. Or that would happen with me walking through the hospital and seeing a colleague of mine. And right. that, that colleague would write up a, a response and I would write a formal consult, as we say. But I would always get a phone call back. Hey, saw your patient. Um, I wrote it all up, but really summary is this. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. It's all cool. I'll follow up, but I think we're all, we're all good, right? Now that doesn't happen. No, we've let, we've lost that curbside consult, unfortunately. And you know, to your point, the, the, I, interesting that you highlight that generation that maybe doesn't think that. I think that you know, important aspect to this. And you know, that brings us to a couple of other things came out. I mean, we're seeing progressive additional data research done in this Epic Research tool. We saw the stroke and blood clotting disorders essentially rare. Uh, uh, when, you know, uh, looked at in the COVID vaccination for the monovalent, bivalent, as compared to people ha that had COVID, you know, excellent data, source data from the EHR. There was also the opioids on um, uh, folks uh, taking opioids and gabapentin shows an increase in opioid use disorder. I mean, for me, this is great stuff. I know you're a big fan. You read these, um, you know, you're a, a constant study on them. Yeah, and you're referencing one of the major electronic health records uh, vendors in, in the in the world, 
um, and they've pooled, they've, with their customer's permission, they've pooled the data um, that's really de-identified uh, for real. And they're able to uh, do some of these very preliminary studies on millions and millions and millions of patients, whereas typically it would be thousands. And so they're able to get information out there quickly. And so, yeah, no one's saying EHRs are bad. Certainly, uh, I've spent a lot of my career uh, working with them and, and uh, for some of these companies. Uh, but there are areas where we've made it too easy to do the wrong thing. And we want to we want to try to reverse some of that and get back that collegiality, uh, because oftentimes that's the, the magic happens when um, you tell me something as opposed to uh, sending me a text. That conversation is very different. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, as uh, we do each and every other week, we've run out of time. So uh, just remains for me to uh, say to the audience, hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day if you were in the US. If not, that's what we were doing. Um, and uh, no doubt it was simply the best. I've got to put that in. Um, you know, we said goodbye to uh, Tina Turner, who touched a uh, whole whole part of the uh, generations uh, with all of her music. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me today. Do you have any better ideas or have you found a small incremental change that's brought about a big improvement in your world? Let's continue the conversation on our hashtag, The Incrementalist, or share with me at DrNick1 on Twitter. You can find more information about the show on our program page at healthcarenowradio.com. And tune in next time to hear my discussions with leaders and innovators from around the globe who've revolutionized their space by using small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist, and I'm starting a revolution through evolution. 